0: I am Simone Cipriani, and I am an officer of the United Nations.
1: And I'm Claire Press, and I'm a sustainable fashion journalist.
0: You are listening to the Ethical Fashion Podcast. We can change the world.
1: This week, we're talking with Joram Muzira-Job, who is the chief executive and creative director of Joram Model Management. It's known as JMM. It's based in Kampala, Uganda. And he's also one of the judges on the 2020 series of The Opportunities Are Here, Project X. Now, this is kind of like a cross between Next Top Model and Project Runway. (laughs) Simone, it's a TV show. It's a kind of unusual thing for the EFI to be involved in, no?
2: Yes, it's kind of unusual, but it's something that we started in 2019. We began our project, The Opportunities Are Here in Burkina Faso, and uh, in Cote d'Ivoire, in Ivory Coast. It was 2019, and it was a campaign of the Ethical Fashion Initiative, which is funded by the European Union to support the development of business ideas of young entrepreneurs in the fashion, in the creative, in the art space. In 2020, we brought the program to Uganda. Uganda is interesting because we look at pathways to economic opportunity through the fashion industry. And and we do it as Uganda has quite a rich fashion scene and quite a rich young fashion scene. That's why we decided to go to Kampala. And also Kampala Fashion Week is great. Uh, everybody's talking about that.
1: And also I'm really interested in, and we'll hear this in the discussion, these pathways for particularly young people who just really want to get into the creative industries, but it's really a booming kind of thing. It's about passion. It's about possibility. And I think there's a lot to learn about how we can motivate young people and how fashion can be a kind of powerful platform for them, right?
2: Yeah, indeed. It's a powerful platform for young, creative people. And we discovered, thanks to this program of opportunities are here, that people really develop new businesses. We also discovered the richness of the social media scene across the continent, Mm -hmm. across sub-Saharan Africa. You have guys of 18 with half a million followers. You have incredible influencers. And there is a connection and everything is connected. You are connected with the cinema, you are connected with the arts, you are connected with music.
1: And dance, because just watching the, the show, there's fantastic dances. It's really fun. We'll share a link. You watch which, it online. Which
2: is incredible. You're absolutely right. Recently, I was called by, by a group of illustrators uh, who called me and said, hey, we've been following the Ethical Fashion Initiative. Can you participate in a conference of ours? The power of creativity in the continent seems incredible and infinite
1: love it and Joram is fabulous so you're really going to enjoy this let's get him on the line
2: yes indeed let's do it
1: Simone you weren't a judge (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to ask you were you invited to be a judge on the show
2: no I was not invited (laughs) to be a judge in the show and this is incredible and people don't trust my judgment on maybe next time maybe next time I want to be a judge yeah you're right that's a very good point
1: Okay, we are ready. We're very excited to be joined on this episode by Joram Mazira-Job, who is the Chief Executive and Creative Director of Joram Model Management, JMM. It's known. It's based in Kampala, Uganda. Welcome, Joram. Thank you so
3: much for having me. That was a beautiful intro.
1: Are you joining us from your offices? Where are they?
3: I'm at the agency. Do you want me to give you a tour? (laughs) You can just give (laughs) us a verbal tour. Where is it? What kind of neighborhood? Where are you? It's just next to the American Embassy.
2: Welcome, Joram. Welcome to the second series of the podcast. You are a key player, a key person in this edition of Opportunities Are Here that ran last year in Uganda in collaboration and with the support of the European Commission.
1: We're going to be discussing the Ugandan fashion industry, expanded opportunities for young creatives and mentoring the next generation. But first, I've got Mm -hmm. to get the really serious stuff out of the way. What are you wearing?
3: If it wasn't a broadcast, I would dress up like a character from The Devil Wears Prada. Because to be honest, I love dressing up. I leave, breathe, eat this thing called fashion. And I believe it's something that has always been a part of me ever since I was a child. So I love to be extremely expressive with the way I dress up. And I love to stand out, to be honest. Like I hate blending in. I don't want to be in a place and I look like 1000 other people in a place. So I would say my style is very timeless. It's daring. It's at the same time, it's very chic and um, effortless. Though sometimes people just find it extremely, extremely too much. But I believe it's effortless. (laughs) I'm actually wearing a beautiful ensemble. The designer is Ugandan. Most of my pieces are, you know, ethical pieces done by Ugandan designers. So I'm wearing Kai's Diva collection. It's a poncho. It has really, really... Amazing details. It has like a neck piece of sorts, and then it's very flared. It gives me an Andrian, you know, Tali kind of feel. Yes, I believe fashion's power is um, the ability to express who we are. It's the ability to, you know, use fashion as a universal language. Because to be honest, you cross borders, speaking fashion, you change lives, speaking fashion. We all relate in different ways with just, you know, meeting someone. And then you just go like, oh my goodness, what are you wearing? I love something about you that you're wearing, something like that. So I believe fashion is freedom. Fashion is expression. It's everything. I, I would never envision a world without fashion, but never.
2: It's a very serious business, but it's also one of the pleasures of life. So I completely agree with Joram. And mm-hmm. the seriousness of fashion lies in the business, in, the, in, in all the business intricacies of it, in the fact that it implies yes. a huge amount of people in the supply chain. And so mm-hmm. there are issues about the way in which the supply chain is managed, the carbon content mm-hmm. of the supply chain and the labor conditions and all the rest. So it's a very serious business because it gives work to a lot of people, but mm-hmm. it's, it's also a pleasure. So, Joram, please tell our listeners about the Opportunities Are Here and Project X, just to give a bit of context to it. Opportunities Are Here, Project X is a talent and mentoring scheme for creative entrepreneurs in Africa, which we ran in Uganda last year in the middle of the COVID pandemic. Uh, The project aims at fostering entrepreneurial capacities and entrepreneurial spirit in young Africans by developing entrepreneurship and job Mm -hmm. opportunities and by connecting different stakeholders within the existing creative ecosystem. For the listeners, Project X starts with a nationwide call for proposals. Then there is a, a reality TV style elimination, a whole process guided by a jury.
3: And you are here because you are one of the three members of the jury. I'm so thankful that I was a part of the opportunities here Project X. Thank you so much for having me, you know, to be a part of the mentors, a part of, you know, the jury that was actually in charge of um, deciding who's going to win. And What opportunities are here Project X did was transform so many lives here in Uganda. It was one of the platforms that had to show Ugandans and the world over that however much we were stuck in, you know, COVID-19 people were in working businesses were closed. But then we had to use this platform to show the world that something can be done digitally. And I like the fact that it was done so well. We didn't get to meet most of these contestants because most of the challenges were online, online, online most of the times. But I like the fact that we got to see different creators in line with fashion models, fashion designers, then, um, you know, entertainers, um, entertainers ranging from musicians, singers, dancers, rappers, and they were super, super talented. And I like the fact that every single week, They were developing because they had like different incubations that, you know, they were undergoing at the end of the day. They had different mentors coming in other than us, just the judges. They had so many people that were just coming in to teach them more about the business of fashion, the business of entertainment, the business of, um, you know, fashion design, taking fashion as a business as well and how to transform your talent into making money. So it's one of those projects whereby I believe has to continue. We shouldn't just stop in on season one. Now that season one, you know, is done, we are looking forward to season two because the reception was very, very good. You will notice that so many people applied for it, like so, so, so many. And uh, I am happy that on the side of, um, you know, the fashion models, because I was in charge of the fashion models, we discovered an amazing girl. Her name, you know, the winner, Jibreel Hadia. And um, right now she's already yes. blessed with international agencies. We've already placed star with agencies in Paris, in Milan, in New York, and in Spain. So imagine we would never discover a girl like that if, you know, this competition wasn't there. I strongly believe that all the different contestants, whether they won or not, they actually learned so much how to open up businesses, how to keep going in hard times like this, you know. So it's one project that I believe was extremely viable. And to be honest... Ethical fashion was pushed beyond boundaries. We shattered ceilings. People didn't believe that, you know, fashion can create different jobs altogether. But having strong-minded, uh, influential creatives like Gloria Wafamuno on board, uh, she did absolutely well. Absolutely, absolutely well. And then also having a messenger like Lilian Mbabezi on it, she did absolutely well. So
1: yes. And Gloria, of course, was the founder of Kampala Fashion Week, right?
3: Yes. She's the founder and president of Kampala Fashion Week. And I believe, you know, Fashion Week is one of the biggest platforms that we do have here in Kampala, Uganda. So having Gloria Wavamuno on board for, you know, Project X was an amazing move. Absolutely amazing. Because all the young designers that we do have here are aspiring to be like, her. they're aspiring to, you know, not only just be local designers, but also have a chance to you know, showcase their works internationally in different global fashion markets all together. So Gloria Vamuno was absolutely the right fit to have as one of the judges that was in charge of the designers. So Lilian Mbabazi is one of the biggest um, musicians that we do have in Uganda. She was discovered in, um, you know, a competition similar to the Opportunities are Here, at Project X. And that competition was called uh, the Coca-Cola Popsters so many years ago in 2004. So she went from, you know, winning a competition like that to being in a girls group that was called, you know, the Blue Three. And the girls did so well. They transitioned to being women. So every single one of them is into, you know, having different solo careers. And uh, I'd say Lillian has done so well as a solo artist. Um, She's one of the biggest groundbreaking musicians that we do have here in Uganda. She's into business entrepreneurship right now, mentoring so many creators in line with, you know, music, art, and then entertainment. And now she also owns a band that is doing so well. One of the biggest bands that we do have here in Uganda. So to be honest, having a maestro like that on the show was an amazing move. Kudos to you, my girl, Lilian Babansi. (laughs) Given all your enthusiasm
2: about that, I I, I think I know the answer, but I would like you to tell the listeners what led you to accept uh, participating in this talent.
3: To be honest, personally, I wanted to be a fashion model at some point. When I was growing up, I loved breathe. I was breathing this whole thing called fashion. But then I didn't have a platform whereby, you know, something like the opportunities I hear Project X was there to discover me. It wasn't there, you know, back then. Most of the searches that were there were literally just favoring female models. Went to different agencies all together, and they they said no. So when I got a chance to, you know, thrive in the business of fashion that I am in right now. And the chance came in where, you know, I was requested to be on the show. They were requesting me, oh, John, can you be a judge? I felt like, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging, but I felt like I was the right fit to represent fashion models in the country, Uganda. Plus as well, we were also looking at discovering new faces because we're always scouting for new faces. So this was also like a scouting tool for Jen and to also be on board and how cool was it to also discover a star from the such. So to be honest, I felt like as much as, you know, it was fulfilling for me to be a judge, fulfilling for me to, you know, share my expertise as well. So the minute they said, I'm going to be on the show, I feel like, yes, this is the time I give back to my country, you know, Uganda as well, share my expertise, share my experience of, you know, the past nine years in the business and also try as much as I can to uplift new models, uplift new creators
1: you actually scouted some of the most exciting models to come out of Uganda. One is Aliette Sarah. She's modelled for she for Mumi. She was a Sudanese refugee who moved to Uganda as a child. And does she now live in Canada?
3: Yes, um, she's now based in Canada, but she's always working in New York, Paris, London and Milan. And I'll say Aliette has been one of, I consider her to be one of my miracle girls. This girl just came in and changed the whole narrative. She just did British Vogue, Ukraine Vogue, She's shooting numerous campaigns. And in her first season, she walked 33 shows. Can you believe wow. that? Thirty-three That's shows. Like, literally working for all the biggest brands in the whole world. So I would say starting girls like Aliette Sarah, Ayak Veronica, a Patricia, Amita Lagum, then a beautiful pair of twins, a Chan and Nangai, a Mare, and then there's a deep Priscilla. There's so many, absolutely so many. Yeah.
1: Amita was. I always know her from L Covers. Was she like the first winner of Africa's Next Top Model?
3: Yes, she was the first winner of Africa's Next Top Model. And right now she's based in New York.
1: I want to ask you both a question about
3: mm.
1: Uganda and more broadly about the creative industries and young people mm. in Uganda. Uganda's population is around 44 million, but it's one of the youngest in sub-Saharan Africa. According to the World Bank, Uganda has also got the highest youth unemployment rates in the region. That's 13.3%. So Mm -hmm. with a population of something like 75% under 30, high youth Mm -hmm. unemployment rates. You've got lots of young people. Lots of potential, but not enough opportunities. Simona, do you actually want to talk a little bit about what that means and why an organisation such as the UN and the Ethical Fashion Initiative would get involved in this area?
2: Well, Yes, you're right. You're absolutely right to say that it's a young country in a very young continent as well. There is a huge attention for all creative processes, for social media, for cinema, for all what goes around goes around in, uh, with the millennials, with the centennials, and so on. This creates a very fertile environment, a very conductive environment for creativity. And it just needs to have some channels to express itself and some support to become part of an entrepreneurial renaissance of this generation. Uh, One thing that strikes me of Uganda and of the region there in general is multiculturalism. You find different, different, different groups with different backgrounds, with different languages, all together, capable of living together, collaborating together. The community dimension when you work and when you live in Uganda and in the region is extremely important and very beautiful. And the second thing that impresses me a lot is the entrepreneurial capacity of young people? There's a tradition of entrepreneurship in the whole of Africa and in Eastern Africa, the famous informal sector, people who invent a new activity out of nothing. It's a local tradition, it's part of the skills of people there. And the young people cherish all these things, creating new 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 schemes all around. The possibilities supplied by social media and by the new communication framework that we have today. I I would say that some places in Eastern Africa and Kampala is one of them, are much more internationally minded than the place where I was born in Italy because of this, this incredible melting pot, which is the region which is Uganda. All this is an advantage. So for an organization like the Ethical Fashion Initiative that belongs to the UN, and that works in promoting uh, the fashion and the creative industries in in the whole of the African continent, it's a duty to intervene in this. It's a way to push, to favor the development of local creativity if you want. We started working just like in Kenya and in Uganda at the very beginning as uh, supporting the artisans to be producers on behalf of big fashion brands which means that we created the business model at the very beginning where creativity came from outside. But as soon as we did it, because we were with the artisans, as soon as we did it, we realized that creativity was also there available. This is a way to mentor creativity to support also the development of work for the artisans and for the rest of the supply chain.
1: This is slightly different and just as exciting, but a different perspective because this is focusing on what lots of young people get excited about being in the fashion industry, being models, being maybe hair and makeup artists or photographers or fashion designers. So there's this whole creative world that I think we have digital access to that this generation can Get mobilized and get involved in you're dealing with young people all the time, Joram What what's your perspective and what do you hear from them? Because not everyone is gonna walk the Moo runway or be on the cover of Vogue. Exactly,
3: exactly. Like not everyone is gonna be on Vogue, not everyone, but you know, the fact mm-hmm. that they know there's like a bigger picture at the end of the day it motivates them a lot. And then the other thing that motivates a lot of young people here to, you know, be actively involved in the creative industry is the fact that it gives them freedom to express who they are, to express themselves, to talk about so many different themes, so many different things that are happening right now. So they feel like fashion is freedom. That is why a lot of them want to be actively involved in the fashion industry. And then the other thing is that there's the element of them making money. I come from a background whereby My parents, when they were still alive, they wanted me to be a doctor, a lawyer, name it all. And, you know, when they passed away, still, even the people that took on the mantra to take care of me, they actually wanted me to follow the same path. But then, um, you know, I did something totally different and now I'm into the fashion industry. So most of them had this whole perception of fashion modeling is prostitution. That is the first, you know, connotation that a lot of people here in Uganda had them knowing that it's something that is transforming lives, it is something that is giving them the power to change narratives, power to, you know, um, speak about different social, economical, different causes altogether. Plus, you know, the fact that now these pageants as well that are happening. Imagine girls, boys that I win mean, pageants like Miss Uganda, Mr. Uganda, name it all. And then they get a chance to be on wild platforms. Even the ones that do not win, they get the chance to speak about different social causes, economical causes, you know, different advocacies that they want to stand up for that they would never have a chance, you know, to put out there if they weren't a part of, you know, a fashion initiative, something like that. So, so many things do drive young people to be a part of this industry. And it's not just about the fame. It's not just about, you know, being popular, the money and then all that. But most of the things that are driving them right now is passion, the zeal to excel. And the other thing that drives them a lot is the collaborations that are in the fashion industry. Fashion has given so many people different chances to meet people that are, you know, into the same businesses. May I give you some
2: context, uh, Claire? Just to give you an idea, Mm. 3,500 young entrepreneurs participated in our online masterclasses linked to this. Wow! 3,500. Just to give you an idea of the importance of this, of the drive towards creating a new business. And 900 Mm. entrepreneurs at the end engaged Mm. in in Project X. So these numbers tell you the drive towards entrepreneurship that you find there in Uganda.
1: Simona, tell us a little bit about how that can be turned into economic advancement, What sort of support systems are available for these young people who have a great idea and the drive to deliver it?
2: First of all, it's about finding the right support to learn the basics of business, Mm -hmm. business planning and business management and the basic accounting and having a clear bookkeeping system. Because when you go to investors, they want to see, yes, who you are. They want to see your creative capacities, but they also want to see that you are transparent when it comes to accounting and business and business bookkeeping. So that's the first thing. The second thing is to develop your ideas, to believe in it, and to connect with the general creative ecosystem of your place, which is usually, as it is the case in Kampala, very, very, very rich with many possibilities. You see in Kampala, there's a, a successful fashion week. There is a music scene, there is production. I mean, one of the, of the factories that make T-shirts that are sold all over the world for many fashion brands in Kampala, and they use local organic-grown cotton. So there's also a backward linkage with uh, with artisans, within an, an industrial structure, and all what you need. And then there is the issue of investment. Investment is a big issue. Credit is a huge issue. Many many economies in the region are are still. for for young people, for emerging business, are still cash economies. You cannot go to a bank. That's still a big, big problem. And the problem of investment is having the the capacity to frame a business and then to have more angel investors available. This is the reason why I may anticipate something and do a spoiler, do the spoiler of the situation, but at the Ethical Fashion Initiative, we are creating a facility for angel investors in the creative sector run all over sub-Saharan Africa because this is what is needed more than a normal investor or an investment fund, an impact investment fund. You need angels. That's the dimension of investment you need for creative people.
1: When you began your agency, you'd worked in the industry, you'd worked for another agency, you'd even considered being a model yourself. But when you set out to build your own business, what did you learn and what would have helped you
3: We started way back in 2012. So we will be celebrating 10 years next year. But then it's a business that purely started based on passion. You know, like how you just have your friends and, you know, we did this one fashion show. It was for Sylvia Wari, one of the biggest fashion shows that we've ever done. She's one of the the people that I credit the most in my career because she gave me a platform. Absolutely gave me a platform. Yeah.
2: We did our first fashion show in Europe of African designers with Sylvia Roy.
3: So, you know, from um, that show, it was called the Forever Love Fashion Show 2012. We just kept working. We just kept working. And all the time I was working from home. I spent like six years working from home. The jobs kept coming in. So I had to like invest so much in myself to learn so much about the business, you know, understand what does it take to run an agency because I didn't go to fashion school to study what I am doing what are the things that you have to be doing and then I had to you know learn so much about international you know modeling agencies international placements learn the business because that's another bit where a lot of young creatives get it wrong they feel like you know if I have an, an idea it's just going to happen instantly it takes time so this is something that I've been doing for the past 9 years but In the nine years, it's been a lot of learning. It's been a lot of making mistakes. It's been a lot of, you know, collaborations, just learning from the best and uh, being ready to learn as much as possible. So slowly by slowly, the business, you know, just kept growing. And now we are, you know, diverse. we have so much into show production. We produce, I would say, 90% of all the biggest shows in Kampala. Uganda. And then we also, you know, scout a lot. We mentor models a lot. We are diversifying ourselves into working with different celebrities, influences all together. So it's not just about, uh, you know, modeling just. We're trying to diverse ourselves, working with pageant girls, working with um, pageant organizers as well. So we're trying to make sure that, you know, modeling is, it's a business. It's not just, you know, having a pretty face, just walking down the runway and something like that. Hey, Joram, speaking about that, tell us more about the
2: evolution of the fashion scene in Kampala. I remember more than 10 years ago, coming to Kampala, 12 years ago, and meeting Sylvia Wari, mm. meeting, uh, going to see the staff at African Woman, the magazine, which was well throughout the whole region. And there was a certain vibe. Has it expanded? How has it
3: evolved since then? I would say the fashion industry in Uganda has evolved, absolutely evolved, right from, you know, people being caterpillars to them becoming butterflies. You get it. <laughs> I would like to credit some people in this industry that really paved the way for us because it's not like we just came into the business and then just blew it out of proportion. no. Uh, We've had people that laid strong foundations for us. People like Sylvia Worry, because literally Sylvia Worry revived the fashion industry. When she came in from London at a very tender age, she was the first lady to have, you know, the first professional modeling agency that was called Zypa. Then she was doing Miss Uganda. Then she created African Woman. So all that time I was following, I was learning. I was speaking a lot of like knots from her. So, you know, her paving that foundation for us, we started building from where she stopped. Okay, she's still in the business, but then you know we we are building from where she literally stopped. So as the new generation came in, and we've changed the whole business, right from people understanding that it's not just you know about the razzmatazz, about you know just being pretty, about you know the glam, the travels, and then all that, for people to understand that right now it's a business. It's one industry whereby people are slowly by slowly starting to appreciate it because, you know, it fetches a lot of money, just like, you know, petroleum and gas. It's one industry that is also growing. The government of Uganda is slowly by slowly starting to understand it because back then you would say, oh, fashion models, designers, they would never take them seriously. Designers were still considered to be tailors. Even people themselves, you know, back in the days, they would rather say, you know, buy Versace, Gucci, Prada, Amani other than supporting, you know, local home-based Ugandan designers. But right now, when we do have events, when we do have all these shows, so many people are supporting African designers. So many people are supporting Ugandan designers. So I would say the industry is slowly changing, slowly by slowly. People are getting to understand it. And the best example that I can give in line with uh, what I do, model management, the parents of these young girls now trust us more. Back then, it would be very hard to just walk into, you know, to just tell a parent of a 16-year-old, 17-year-old that, you know what, your daughter... That's a big change,
2: that the parents respect them, because this is social change. Mm. It changes the attitude also towards, it it creates a better attitude towards
3: diversity,
2: towards mutual toleration. It's so important.
3: Yes. And I like the fact that the other thing that I was, you know, going to be talking about, I like the fact that you just, you know, hint on it it has created a lot of diversity in the country. You will notice that right now we do have people uh, that were marginalized in the first place. Uh, For example, young people living with HIV AIDS. But now in Uganda, young people living with HIV AIDS have now come up to use fashion as one of the most powerful instrumental tools. And uh, they do have a pageant. There's a pageant in Uganda called the Y Plus Pageant that stands up for young people living with HIV AIDS. But then they come up and then they use fashion to spearhead different global causes in line with HIV AIDS. They are pushing, you know, different agendas all together. So it's becoming more inclusive.
1: Let me just ask you, your opinion, you've mentioned that you deal with mm. with sister agencies in different countries. You obviously have your eye on the international fashion scene. Why do you think there's so much more interest in African talent and creativity from a global perspective?
3: I would say Africa is now. That's one. Like Africa is now. The future is Africa. But we still have a lot of limitations, you know, so many limitations, right from funding, right from, you know, huge organizations believing in the visions that we do have, right? Because so many creatives are out there. They want to implement so many things all together. but then funding is such a huge problem. People believing in, you know, different initiatives altogether is also still a huge problem. But I would say right now, the global world is so much interested in the African continent simply because This is where all the raw materials are. When people are looking for fabric, they will fly down to Africa. They will come to Uganda. Us even having the best um, raw cotton, us having talented creators all together. Just the other day, we do have a small group of, um, they're dancers, but then they had a huge opportunity to perform at the BET Awards and how were they discovered? They were just discovered on YouTube. And then before we knew it, they were dancing with um French Montana, something like that. They were opening shows at the BT Awards. So there's so much creative, there's so much talent here, but it also comes back to empowering them more because people here are super talented, but then they are not empowered. They don't believe in their visions more because not all the time you're going to be having donors, thunders, people that are just coming in to just, you know, Uh, invest in your dream. So one thing that I would love to call upon to all Africans out there that are listening is, you know, when you believe in your vision, it's also very important for you to take the bold step. Joram, you mentioned
2: YouTube. Has YouTube really changed the narrative
3: around the fashion business in Uganda and in Africa? A lot. It has given... Young creatives, a platform to, you know, showcase their hearts, to showcase their creativity, to showcase what they do. And, you know, so many creatives have benefited so much from this. The biggest example that I can give you is I remember there was a time Beyonce got dancers from Mozambique. You know, this group was based in Mozambique and they just kept posting their videos, their videos, and then all that. And then Beyonce just saw them on YouTube. These guys didn't even know who Beyonce was. Can you believe that? So Beyonce got them. She had to like, you know, fly them all the way to the U S and, um, they had to like literally choreograph the entire video of, you know, run the world, the video for run the world, something like that. So I would say YouTube has literally, literally done so much. YouTube and then Instagram. Those are the ones that I love the most. YouTube and Instagram.
1: I happen to know that you're rather a fan of Beyonce. Is she not your favorite artist ever?
3: I love, 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 love Beyonce. I would faint if I met Beyonce.
1: (laughs) I would love to finish up by asking you what advice you would give your younger self. Believe
3: in yourself and be the best version of who you want to
1: be. Because so
3: many young people out there aspire to be something, but then they lack that self belief. I am one person that has been shattered right from the time I wanted to be a fashion model. Went to all these different auditions all together. Went to audition for Big Brother. Rejection was like ice cream for me. Every single time you go someone, they say, "Oh no, you're not good enough. No, you're not. you know you aren't born for this. You're not A, B, C, D, name it all." But then one thing that I learned is that throughout this entire journey of me being told, no, 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 the whole time, he was prepping me, It was preparing me for the bigger world. So to the young people out there that are listening, things are not just going to happen in a blink of an eye. Channel rejection and use it to redirect myself to bigger dreams. Every young creative out there should have is confidence. Believe in yourself more than anyone else because you will conquer the world if you believe it's very possible to go out and conquer it.
1: I would like you to do the same thing, Simone, because you've got a long history of working in the fashion business from a perspective, from a manufacturing perspective. You've met so many designers, so many media. Simone, what, what advice would you give to a young creative?
2: It's a business. Learn the language of business. The language of business is accounting, which is very dry, which is maybe very boring, very boring if compared to the creative process but it's what you need to communicate about your business with investors and with partners. And I see that many young creatives that come to us and with whom we work do not master this language. And the problem is always there. It's a business, learn the language of business. This will enable you to present your business plan to investors. This will enable you to have a different kind of conversation with investors because one day, If you are successful, you will have to deal with investors and you will have to do the best for you and for your business. And you have to get the most out of this dealing with investors. So really learn the language of business. That's the first thing. All the rest has already been said so powerfully and beautifully by Joram, who is much more creative than me. So I do not say anything about that.
0: Thank you for listening, my friends. Did you enjoy the show? Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us online at ethicalfashioninitiative.org. And we are on Instagram at ethicalfashion.
1: And don't forget to share the episode with your friends and with colleagues and with anyone you think would benefit from it. We love it when you tell other people. I'm going to say that again. (laughs)
0: Can you help spread the word and share our story with your friends on social media? Our mission is to work towards sustainable development and create long-term impact in the communities where we operate. Through extensive training and mentorship, we build capacity and enable artisans to produce for the international market. Through this program, workers are empowered and can live themselves out of poverty, not charity, just work.